Welcome into the official. We are continuing our interview series here in the month of March, bringing in people uh, who are either you know recruiting or analytics or uh, scouting um, players in different ways than what we do here at C2C. But hopefully we can learn from different people, different perspectives. And to, uh, for this episode, we've got 24-7's Transfer Portal analyst, Chris Hummer. Um, it's the second time he's come on with me in the last few years, so we're really happy to have him back again. We're going to talk about how the transfer portal and recruiting, you know, kind of overlap and, and interplay off of each other because it is a, a very interesting new world with the incoming freshmen versus kind of that free agency in the transfer portal. So um, thank you for being with us. This is The Official. Welcome in, Chris Hummer. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, you said don't say expert, but you're an expert to me. Uh, but 24 sevens, uh, definitely the portal guy. Um, and you've been covering the transfer portal before uh, since it became a thing, I guess, really uh, changed the game maybe two years ago. But, you know, tell us about when you started doing that and, and what it's what it's like now. I mean, we know from our perspective, it's just exploded. Um, and what about covering it and how you prep for portal season and all that kind of stuff? What's going on in your job description nowadays? Um, yeah, well, the portals, the, thanks for having me on. First of all, I really appreciate it. Um, the portals changed a ton, man. Um, a couple of years ago, it was a very small portion and a very small um, avenue for teams to construct a roster. And in the last two or three years, we've seen teams take, bigger uh, portal classes than they would high school classes. We've got teams like Texas State um, signing all portal classes. Yeah. Teams like Arizona State signing 25-plus players from the portal. So it's just um, – it's totally changed the way I think people look at building a roster in college football, and I, it's definitely changed our jobs. Like, it's the closest thing we have to NFL free agency or NBA free agency. <laughs> I think it's more fun. I mean, I think it's even crazier. Yeah, it's it's definitely crazier. Like, there's 85 scholarship spots available, and every single one of those guys could potentially move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot more happening, and people love transactional uh, journalism for whatever reason. So we just mm-hmm. try to give the people what they want. Well, yeah, and you know, 24/7 and some of the other sites have basically, you know, for a long time, recruiting rankings and all this. And then there would be, I remember years ago, there would be like a little section of like, oh, they got some transfers. Um, and, and then I remember, you know, they, they would be new. I think this was a couple of years ago, a new star ranking for the transfer, either up or down from where they were as a, as a recruit. And now this year, I think that's gotten even beefed up a little bit more where they show, you know, on 24 seven, it'll show, okay, as a transfer, he's now a four star 89. And as a recruit, he was an 83, three star. And so you can really see these guys who's gone up and gone down, who's like transferring because they're probably getting a promotion, who's transferring because they maybe aren't as good as they, as we thought they were. Um, how's that process been at 24 seven? Like, Hey, we need to like beef up. This is a big deal. It's not just like a little side, uh, you know, story. It's as, it's almost as big as the recruiting rankings themselves, the transfer rankings, it seems to me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's certainly been more of a point of emphasis for us at 24-7. We've really beefed up our team on that side of things. We have a group dedicated to just watching transfer film and to wow. evaluate guys. Um, not year-round, because obviously we don't have transfers year-round, but there's a significant amount of transfer movement and a compressed amount of time. So there's a lot that has to go into that. Um, we've also formulated transfer-specific team rankings. Um, mm-hmm. So you can track how that works. But I think I think the more interesting product is actually our overall rankings, which combine high school and transfer rankings. You were talking earlier about um, how teams look at evaluating uh, their rosters and building their rosters, and we want to reflect that. So we weigh transfers in the same uh, bucket that you would high school recruits, and we kind of combine the scores Hmm. to come up with our overall transfer rankings. And I, I think that that's something I don't think we would have thought about doing two or three years ago, but it's become such an emphasis in the space that I think it's necessary. Yeah. I mean, it is. And, and some teams are like you said, Texas state extreme example, but I think even some power five teams are relying a whole lot on transfer. And then you've got teams like who just get one. I mean, for instance, Oregon last year just got Bo Nix and changed their entire offense. So, and, and everyone had already written him off as like a total busted Auburn. So it is a fascinating situation. Um, I think it's a really interesting story of, you know, player fit, coach and player fit, how they're working together. Um, because like Bo Nix is a crazy one where like he could not get it together at Auburn. And then one year with Dellingham at Oregon and it was just incredible. Um, yeah, I, I will say, sorry, I don't mean to. I no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oregon, Oregon did take a couple more transfers to so Like Christian Gonzalez is going to be a first round pick. Mm, yep, he is. Over from Colorado, for example. So I think we're at the point now where even like maybe with your exceptions being Georgia, Alabama, your kind of top tier teams that don't need to dip in the portal because they already have the players that everybody wants in the first place. Most <laughs> yeah. schools, most power five schools are taking anywhere from five to 15 transfers just because there's really no reason not to. If you can plug a hole in your two deep, you plug a hole in your two deep. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. And you know, even, even Georgia, I don't think has done it much, but even Bama, they, they're bringing it, you know, Jameson Williams, they bring in, you know, specific pieces. J- Jameer Gibbs last year, obviously um, Burton from Georgia, who wasn't, you know, he, he didn't really blow up the way we thought he would over at C2C. We were ranking him pretty high, but yeah, even Bama is very selective. They will take the top guy if he's available and bring him over and plug him in. Um, how do you feel like, okay, so you're in 24 seven, you're, 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 you do a lot of different stuff, not just transfer portal, but how do you feel like the portal has respect affected recruiting? Has it affected recruiting? Have you noticed the timeline of offers um, or the way teams are like, you know, I guess staggering portal season and, and recruit season. And, and at the end of the year in December, it's a mad house. I mean, that, that's just like the craziest time right before bowls, you know, cause everything's open portals open. People are taking their last visits, signing days in December, early signing day. But like our teams having trouble, like I want to wait and see if I get a recruit or I want to wait and see if I get a transfer before I offer this guy. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, of course. Um, I think, I think every recruiting cycle for every team is a unique circumstance and the board can shift. Um, but I mean, generally like teams are going to assign a couple spots that they want to get a veteran in. So they're going to assign a couple spots from their pool of scholarships available for the portal. So they'll set aside a certain number of spots for portal players. 
Okay. Teams will always set aside a chunk of spots for high school players because you have to have that balance within your roster. I think the most notable way we've seen transfers affect high school recruiting is there's just less high school recruits that sign. Um, that's less than some now that you can sign up to 85 at any time. Um, schools are allowed to sign 85 scholarship players at any point in time, at least half allowed to have in your roster. And before there was a 25 player cap each cycle to prevent oversigning that has been lifted. So schools can sign more, but we're still seeing fewer high school athletes sign now than we were four or five years ago. I think in 2021, there were 500 fewer high school players signing in the FBS. Mm. That number jumped to, dropped to about 300 the following year, at least compared to 2020. But we're still seeing significantly fewer high school players signing with FBS schools. So there's just less spots available. And I think that's, I think that's the biggest um, impact we've seen so far. With FBS. So those guys are presumably you know, dropping down to FCS um, or lower levels potentially and signing yep. somewhere, just not FBS. Okay. Yeah, I think we see really strong FCS and JUCO rosters right now for that reason. Yeah, I think it's it, that's certainly something that I've heard people talk about with the transfer portal, you know, who are, you know, want to champion the, the recruits and the players. And it's like, we d don't love what's going on because these guys aren't getting the opportunities that they may be. And you said, you know, 500 one year, 300 another year. Those are 300 players whose lives are now you know, a little altered in terms of their potential to get exposure and potential to maybe make uh, the pro professional leagues at some point. So, you know, that, that is a big deal. And I guess it's just because there's movement within teams, uh, players who are already on rosters instead of bringing in brand new ones like the freshmen. Um, <clears throat> what position do you think is the, uh, between the fantasy relevant, so QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And if you have an idea on a non-fantasy relevant, just because it would be interesting, what do you think is the where the portal benefits most? What what type of position is it easiest to go grab a guy who's going to be a difference maker um, out of those positions, in your opinion? Um, I mean, it's always going to be wide receiver and running back. I mean, there's just more of them than any other position. Skill positions specifically. Like, there's just more bodies at those positions. Um, quarterback, I think your ceiling is higher, um, in terms of who you can add, but there's a smaller pool of quality ones. Um, mm -hmm. this year, I think it was a really thin quarterback transfer class, like overall, mm -hmm. um, frankly, like Sam. Well, Hart. and then Grayson McCall would have been interesting, but he had that whole thing. Like he couldn't transfer his credits anywhere or something like that. So he ended up staying, I think at coastal Carolina. Well, you gotta go to, um, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Grayson would have made the class a lot stronger for sure. And there were some other players like Michael Pratt, who I think a lot of teams mm -hmm. just out of the portal and they were able to get NIL um, deals mm. to stay. Um, so, yeah, I think there's always going to be quality wide receivers. Um, we've seen guys like Jordan Addison transfer before. Um, I think you're always going to find a quality running back from a fantasy perspective. Like there's no more, nobody I'm more bullish on going into next year than Carson Steele at UCLA, um, for example. Um but if you're just talking about overall, like the hardest position to find quality players is offensive and defensive line because there's a mm -hmm. scarcity of both of those positions. So I think if you're a uh, if you're a high profile player at one of those positions, you have the most leverage of anybody else at the end of the portal. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, can tell me a little about about Carson Steele actually, because I mean he is a guy we've talked a lot about at C2C. A lot of questions. People liked him on Ball State, you know, because we're a fantasy centric website. People love him at Ball State. He's going to get like freaking 300 carries and, you know, 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns because Ball State's just going to give him all the touches. 
headed to UCLA. I mean, do you feel like Carson Steele has what it takes athletically to succeed in high power five, you know, and potentially NFL from what you've seen? Yeah, definitely. Um, he's, I mean, he's not fast. Like, I mean, fast in quotation marks. He's not like a four, four or probably sure. four or five guy, but neither was Zach Charbonnet. And Zach Charbonnet was one of the most effective backs in the country. I think the two mm-hmm. actually share a lot in common. They're both bigger backs, six, one, two twenty plus mm-hmm. really thrive running downhill in that zone scheme. UCLA runs. Um, I think they both have pretty good foot speed and are very um, elusive, um, at least in short spaces and run through contact. Well, um, Carson Steele led the FBS last year in yards after contact, and he's mm-hmm. going to UCLA and an offensive line that was the best at creating yards before contact a season ago. Um, that UCLA line lost production, <laughs> certainly, but like it's not going to drop off significantly in that scheme. So you're talking about an ideal situation for a back that's already been uber productive. Um, so I, I really, I'm very bullish on Carson Steele going into 2023. I think he's going to be a dope Walker candidate. And I think he's going to, I don't think there's going to be much drop off of any from Zach Charbonnet. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm with you. I think Carson Steele's like hashtag actually good. You know, I, I know people are always a little wary about Mac and is Mac talent going to transfer anywhere else and things like that. But like, he's really good. He's big. He can catch the football as well. Um, you know, similar to how Zach Charbonnet was used as a receiver on little swing passes and things like that. I think you're right. I kind of think, why are we that concerned? He'll be significantly less than what Zach Charbonnet just did, which was have a great season. So um, glad to hear it. Love to hear it. That's great um, for Carson Steele. Truthers, as you head into draft season for your C2C rosters. Um, do you have, we talk about this a little bit. I mean, do, do you have a personal kind of opinion on like the right balance of a portal ads versus, you know, freshman recruit ads? Should it be much more recruits, a little sprinkling of portal, or can you have a really good team with portal ads? And is that sustainable year over year? I mean, I think ideally you would rec- you would just build through rec- high school recruiting at all times. Like every single team in the country would trade their roster for Georgia's. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, except for maybe Alabama. Um, and like, there's a reason for that. It's because Georgia recruits the best players at a high school and they keep them on their roster. Like they don't have to worry about getting anybody from the portal because their guys are already better than yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can do that, great. But that's just not feasible for 90 nine percent of programs in the fbs so i think there's definitely a benefit with the transfer portal um i had a director of player personnel explain it to me this way and i really respect the philosophy you take a transfer if they can help you on your 2d um and i think that's a great way of looking at it ideally you hit your high school recruits ideally they're plugging those positions but if there is somebody out there you feel like you can help you win on saturdays and contribute consistently you take that player as long as they make sense for the long-term um long-term path of your roster and with eligibility being the way it is now a lot of these guys have multiple years left anyway um so you're not usually taking one year rental so i think the transfer portal can be a very powerful thing if teams balance it correctly yeah i would say that's that's got to be true and i don't know how many more years we're going to have this covid covid freebie hanging around but you know one team that has built through the portal and also with extra years is, uh, you know, one of the buzziest teams heading into 2023. It's going to be FSU. You know, FSU has built a lot through the portal and they're getting a lot of guys who are going to be playing sixth year 
you know, kind of with that COVID freebie next year. And there's no reason they can't be really, really good. Uh, I'm a Gator fan, so I'm kind of annoyed at this. But, you know, I think is there concern or should there be when you build that way where, like, they're basically relying on a lot of six-year guys and transfers that this is actually not a sustainable building of a program but they could very well spike in 2023 and maybe they'll build off that. But as of now, I think it's a little bit of uh, lipstick on a pick for FSU. Um, and it's an interesting situation. You said all the extra eligibility as well. It's kind of really made for some interesting rosters. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, if you can go for it, go for it. I think in yeah. my opinion, Florida state's the ACC favorite going into the year. I think they have the best quarterback <laughs> in the conference, I guess, outside of Drake may. Um, but I think Jordan Travis is criminally underrated <laughs> nationally. And you've seen what they did with their transfer class. They loaded up on the positions that really matter um, in the trenches outside of Fentral mm-hmm. Cypress. Um, an all-conference cornerback who's going to come in and start right away. Every other person that they took in this transfer class is attached to the line of scrimmage. So I think Florida State is beefing up. I, I have no idea if you can build a roster and win just via transfers. Like I've had people in the college football space tell me, that you can and people tell me you can't. I think Florida State would be a really interesting litmus test. But yeah. also, like winning is the most important thing. And if you're Florida State and Mike Norvell, you had to figure out a way to win. And the way they did so was via the transfer portal. And um, they just signed, I believe, like the number 15 class in the country this year. So their high school recruiting is getting better every year, too, as a result, likely of the wins they've had on the football field mm-hmm. that's because of the transfers. So um, I'll, I'll be yeah. very curious to see how the Florida State. So. And I agree with you. It, you know, winning is the thing, you know, and, and uh, as a fan, I want to poke holes in it and be like, oh, you know, I tell my, my buddies who are FSU fans and I'm like, you know, enjoy it this year because it's going to crumble. But the reality is, yeah, you keep winning. Maybe the 2024 recruiting class is really great and they just keep going. If you can get that momentum at all, you take it. I agree with what you said. Do what you got to do to win as soon as possible. Um, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, not only this year's rec- <laughs> transfers, uh, Verse was incredible. Uh, and he was a transfer from Albany. And I think Jordan Travis, before the transfer portal became what it is now, but he was a transfer. He came from Louisville, I believe, um, originally. So after like one year, he transferred down to FSU. So their whole team is, it's very, it's a very interesting build. But they're a high major power five conference contender. And that's how they've done it. So it's really interesting. I like that you know, to be, I think, like you said, the national title contender, you probably need to be that Georgia model, the Alabama model, but you can do interesting things. And I think that's fun. Makes the sport kind of more varied and and interesting. Well, I mean, you have to be the Alabama Georgia model, like to win consistently. Um, But like you can, especially in the college football playoff era, we're going to come to where 12 teams get in. Yeah. Yeah. Transfers aggressively to put yourself in a place where, high school players think of you in that way and that could be part of the path there and besides like Alabama doesn't I mean Alabama lost to Georgia in 2021 but they're not in the college football playoff national championship if not for Jamison Williams like Ohio State isn't competing without Justin Fields for that two-year period yeah the playoff with Jalen Hurts so like you can you can win with transfers and even the best teams need them but um ultimately high school recruiting is still the bedrock of everything yeah, I mean, it gives you the depth and the, and the you know, I think there's still the culture. you got to have guys who are built into your culture, and that's how you get them on campus as freshmen. And then by the time they're in year three, you know, they've bought into the culture, everything you're doing the systematic way. And 
you know, everyone's marching in the same direction. But, um, well, you know, I think that's mostly what I have for you tonight. I really appreciate you coming on, talking about this interplay with recruiting and transfer portal. I think transfer portal is like recruiting 2.0 almost. I mean, aren't there staffs? Uh, this, isn't, this question wasn't on the sheet or anything, but like, I guess recruiting in the portal is like a little bit, you shouldn't say that because you shouldn't be able to get a guy to get into the portal. You can't recruit them until they're already in the portal. But there's got to be recruiting teams. Like once they're in the portal, they're calling them up or whatever um, and doing the same pitches they do to high school guys. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your innocence or your feigned innocence in saying that teams are not. <laughs> I, I said should. I said should. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's, I would say most power five schools at this point have at least one dedicated transfer portal um, person or one person whose jobs is college scout all year to get your board ready for the transfer. Yeah. Portal, so. I mean, it's you got to have a whole board. I mean, it's it's definitely it's, – it's its own beast, I would imagine. I mean, if you're doing it right, you got to know. And then I guess there's probably some espionage, like who's going to go into the portal? Do we know? Have we talked to somebody? Have we heard telephone word of mouth, like this guy's going to jump into the portal before you know it so you can know what to expect? Um, I have to say, being a college, you know, head coach certainly, but even some of these other roles, like, sounds awful i mean it's just so much going on all the time like it would be so stressful uh it doesn't even sound that fun to me but i love following it as a fan yeah i think there's i think it's there's more in college coaches than ever and they definitely need to adjust the calendar otherwise you'll keep losing i agree i agree i remember thinking about i mean for the gators we had an early bowl game and so it was like we got to get the portal we got to practice for our bowl game and we got to get visits so we can get early signing day guys. And it was like all in two weeks in December. And I was just like, I don't know how you'd sleep or eat or anything. I mean, you just, it's too much going on. So I agree. They got to probably change the calendar. Um, but anyway, man, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, always some great insights. Love getting someone from 24 seven who's got their finger on the pulse. Um, so yeah, Chris Hummer, 24 seven sports. Love having you on. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right. This has been the official.